Hey there, I'm Leah Party, and you're listening to Bare Naked Soul, a podcast where we have real, uncensored conversations about the things we aren't supposed to talk about. Let's break all the rules and shed all the programming that's ever made us feel weak, scared, and caused us to shrink ourselves. It's time to live uncaged, freely expressing ourselves and manifesting our dreamiest, juiciest, and most pleasure-filled lives. Let's do the damn thing. Hello, and welcome to Bare Naked Soul. Today, let's just go there. We're going to talk about the symptoms of social media addiction. We're going to talk about some of the things social media is causing in our society, in us as humans, from what we know so far, which, I mean, what's this doing to our children? We have no idea, right? Beyond some of the things we'll talk about today, the long-term impact, we really don't know. But we're going to go there in terms of what it means to allow ourselves to remain addicted to these platforms, what it's doing to us and how we can manage this a little better, get back some of our focus, get back some of our control over our own lives, get back some of our happiness. Okay. So I'm recording this on day seven of my social media detox. I really felt like I needed a break. I use Instagram primarily as like my biggest way of communicating daily with you guys. You know, um, it's my primary place that I'm selling, right? Because it's a business. And so there's a little bit of irony here because some might think of me as a social media influencer, although that's kind of, I don't know, like, yeah, I am an influencer, but also like, that's not the whole thing of what I do. Um, I guess I kind of have a negative connotation of, of what an influencer is, <laughs> if I'm being honest. So there's a little bit of irony because I'm here to talk to you about stepping away from social media, at least spending less time there, which would essentially hurt my business. But that's exactly what the world fucking needs because what we have right now are these social media companies that have built their businesses based on getting you addicted to the platform so they can make more money. And they... I don't want to say they don't care. I'm sure some of these people deeply care about what they've done. Um, Some people left their positions, right? And gone to do something else because they're like, what the fuck did we create here? This monster. Um, Others are probably turning a blind eye to it, talking themselves out of it, making, making up reasons in their mind why it's okay to run their businesses in that way. And I don't want to be a part of that at all. I feel like I have been a part of it. I feel like I have been a part of what makes social media, like part of what makes social media so dangerous is that it's a highlight reel. You know, it's a highlight reel. It's not real. You're not seeing someone's real life. You feel like you kind of are though. And, you know, someone like me who I don't use filters, I've tried to show up as real as possible. I share things, you know, I'm vulnerable. I'm I'm willing to be as real as I can be. But I can't be 100%. Um, it's just not possible. Not only is it not possible, for, for example, like, am I going to show up and tell you, like, something that's going wrong in my marriage? Like, no, that's not something I can share <laughs> on social media, right? It's also incredibly tempting to share more of the good, right? Especially as an influencer, but as anybody, we're sharing the good because we want that validation. We want to impress others. We want to ignite envy from others. And for someone like me, I 100% feel addicted to the validation. 
that I get from social media. I'm checking it all day long. And I know that subconsciously it's, let me see if anyone likes my pictures. Let me see if I'm getting any messages of someone that read my book and liked it. Let me see, let me see, let me see. This is part of how they've put, they've purposefully made social media so addictive. It's the potential future reward. Same as slot machines, right? So with slot machines, part of what makes it so addictive is you know, you don't know. There's unpredictability for it. You don't know when you're going to get that next hit of winning. And so you keep playing, you keep playing, and you keep playing to just try to get that little dopamine hit of winning. It's the same with social media. We scroll and we scroll. TikTok does this with its videos. We we they purposefully put videos in that they know you're not going to like so that you are unconsciously looking for the next one that you do like. You're waiting for that potential future reward. So for me, it's more like cuz I'm not as I'm not as much of a consumer on there. I don't use TikTok and I do look at certain people's Instagram stories religiously, um but I don't spend hours scrolling. For me it's it's checking. I'm checking for validation over and over and over all day long. And so what else do we notice? Any moment of waiting, we're grabbing our phones. Any moment, you know, where we have just like a few minutes of, we pull up somewhere early for an appointment. What do we do? We pull out our phone, right? Any time when we previously in life would have had a moment of stillness, we're on our phone. We're checking. We're checking, we're checking, we're checking. And this greatly takes away our ability to connect with the present moment which is where our true joy lives. So here's the the other like part of the irony here is I've been speaking about this subject on podcasts for probably about a year. I've spoken about it on this podcast. I talk about social media detoxing and how to release the addiction and things like that. But here's here's what's not working for me. So I spend almost every weekend off social media, almost every evening off social media, I don't check it first thing in the morning. I give myself like an hour, hour and a half um, of being awake before I look at it. That's pretty good. And that has helped a lot. And I know I feel a lot better than before I had those in place for sure. But it's not enough because all day, Monday through Friday, I'm checking and I'm checking and I'm checking and I'm checking and I'm fucking checking. (laughs) So I wanted to record this episode to talk to you guys because I've had some hunches about social media for a long time. I decided to do some research on it to see just how much this is hurting our society. Because again, I don't want to contribute to this. I don't want to, because this is the thing. My my friend and I, a couple of my friends and I that run online businesses, we've been having these in-depth conversations lately about the logical thing. If you run a business, right? Increasing your sales, increasing your visibility, increasing all of that. So how do we get people to look at our stories more? How do we increase our story views? Because for me, that's one of the biggest areas where I normally sell is on Instagram stories. The way to increase story views, honestly, seems to be getting people kind of addicted to coming and seeing what you're doing in your life. What, What you're doing in terms of what you're able and willing to share, which of course is a highlight reel. Another part of that is making it aesthetically pleasing. So there's so much temptation right there to make your life seem prettier, to make your life seem more fun, to make your life seem enhanced and luxurious and whatever it is, it's not real then. And it's a highlight reel. Even if it is real, it's a highlight reel. And so that is contributing to this overall problem 
for one of people being addicted because they're coming back to see what the people whose stories they're watching are up to. And, um, and yeah, just spending all of this time on this platform. That's really not helpful. So a couple of things I've had hunches about, you know, I've, I've read that eating disorders at an all time high. Well, okay. It doesn't seem like, you know, a rocket scientist would need to figure out that that's linked to social media, but I didn't realize there's a lot of research out there showing this. Um, you know, we're literally comparing ourselves to filters, you know, and pictures taken at just the right angle and all of this stuff. And obviously for young, young adults, you know, children, especially little girls looking at this stuff, of course, it's contributing to eating disorders. That's really fucked up. <laughs> like, that's really, really sad. And I remember being like a preteen and I loved magazines and I had like, you know, several magazine subscriptions. I wanted to have my own magazine someday or be like editor in chief. That was like such a dream for me. And of course, that was a big place where I learned about how to make myself look more appealing because I was looking at Photoshop pictures, not knowing they were Photoshopped. Um, and even if you know, like you can tell when someone's using a filter, but do you think you ever still compare yourself to that? Cause I think we do. So it's contributing to eating disorders, which is right there, a fucked up thing, obviously. Um, depression, anxiety have increased a lot in recent years and that's heavily increased with social media use, uh, which is shown in a lot of studies. So one of the things is it increases feelings of isolation. When you're seeing what everyone else is doing, you're, you're increasing this feeling of isolation, even though you might not be physically isolated. But what that happens, what happens from that is we tend to be less likely to reach out to others. So then we're building less connections and friendships. And then of course that increases that feeling of isolation. It's really difficult to build friendships in this day and age. Have you noticed? Because people are so addicted to social media, they're getting this false, this false sense of connection that's really making them feel isolated. And then we isolate ourselves and then we're all fucking lonely as shit, which is a cause of depression. Um, more time spent on social media is linked to less sleep, lowers our quality of sleep too. And that leads to depression. And then, of course, there's comparison. You know, you think everybody else is always on vacation. Everybody else's marriage looks perfect. Of course it does. Everyone else's children look like they're so well-behaved because people are, that's what they're showing, right? And, and it's not to like, it's not to shame people for only putting happy pictures of their children online. That's like, let, like makes sense. Like you're probably not going to show your child having a temper tantrum and put a video of it on the internet, Right. But when that's all we're seeing, it's making us have all this comparison, all this FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's just like a big bundle of fucking anxiety and depression rolled into one. And, you know, don't even get me started on what happens when we then decide we need help because we go to the doctor and they give you a pill that's addictive. Um, and... I don't feel like we're really given many other alternatives. I don't feel like we're educated on things like meditation and breath work and other alternatives, um, changing our diets, changing our social media use, looking at our habits. We're not, 
were not really explained the, the dangerous side effects of these pills. And they're certainly not doing brain scans on every single person say, to say, well, you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, so therefore you need this medication. I mean, it's just an assumption. It's just, oh, well, this is what we do. We give you a pill. <sighs> so a 2018 study on 143 undergrads at the University of Pennsylvania they did a three-week study and they saw that people who the people in the study, the control group that was spent less time on social media, that decreased their use of social media over three weeks, their depression was lower, their anxiety was lower, their feelings of loneliness were lower, and their FOMO was lower. That's just three weeks of less time on social media. So another really big area, and this is a big one for me, is focus. <laughs> Um, there's some, there's some, uh, back and forth in terms of, I guess there's some disagreement out there is social media actually lowering our attention spans. I don't think we really know that yet. However, social media is obviously a huge source of distraction, right? I mean, how many people do you know who go to work all day and they're just not distracted by their fucking phone? Probably hardly anyone. This is really big for me because um, I'm a I'm a writer. Like that's what I do. I'm a creator. I'm a writer. That's what I am here to do. I'm not here to document my life on social media. That's what I've been doing, and that's just not my mission here. I think that I've just been approaching it wrong because of the addiction, really. Um, so right now, this is my first time announcing this. I am currently working on book number two, which is a poetry book. And I have channeled the most incredible poems in these seven days of being off social media because I'm at a place of, of just not being distracted is really what it is. So a study from the University of California showed that it takes the average person 23 minutes to recover after being distracted. So to go back to the quality of work they were doing previously. 23 minutes. I don't even think I spent 23 minutes on in an average workday without going back on social media. So am I ever recovering from being distracted? Probably not, which is so clear. Like it's so clear as to like why I haven't been at my peak in terms of creativity, right? And, and now that I'm not having those distractions, it's very easy for me to channel creative content for me to get in the zone and stay in the zone. So we're distracted all day long. And that's now becoming the norm. Imagine what's being lost there. So all of that to say, I'm really, yeah, I'm really noticing a lot of things. Oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to touch on too. So Christmas was um, last week. And my husband brought to my attention that like all these really young boys were getting brand new dirt bikes for Christmas. And he was like, I wonder, you know, when I was a kid, like no one's, he didn't seem to remember people's parents buying them brand new dirt bikes at like 12 years old or even younger, you know, like what's happened, what's changed. And I think there's two things happening that have changed. I, I think that when I was a kid, I mean, I'm sure this happened some. But I think it happened less where people are literally going into credit card debt to buy shit to impress people with. I think that has increased because of social media. 
Yes, we've always wanted to impress others. Yes, we've gone to extreme lengths to impress others. But like, okay, boob jobs have been around long before social media. But like now it's lip injections and it's just a wider range and it's so much more widespread and it's increased and people are going to to the plastic surgeon with a picture of them with a filter on saying, make me look like this, right? It's increased. People are literally buying their kids things because they're going to share it on social media and compete with other people. We're buying themselves things, buying themselves vacations, this or that, whatever thing is to impress others with at an unprecedented rate than ever before. The other thing that's happening is it's a highlight reel. You know, how many people are sharing on social media, the lackluster gifts or, you know what I mean? Like, um, people aren't really sharing things unless they feel like it's going to be impressive. You see more of that, right? You just see more of that. Um, like my husband, and I don't exchange gifts. I'm, I'm really a minimalist and I don't do like consumerism Christmas and whatever. So if I didn't share any gifts on social media. Now, had, had he gotten me some sparkly ring or something, like, yeah, there's a chance I would have shared that, right? Because it could get me attention. And then often that's subconscious, but that's what it is. That's why. That's the reason why we're doing that. And I am guilty of this, too, because I tend to get really caught up in wanting to impress people on social media because, duh, I'm addicted to the validation, wanting to, wanting people to think I'm successful, wanting people to think all these things because I I want them to buy from me, right? That's like part of what influencer marketing is. So I'm going to change the way that I've been showing up. Um, And, and I, and I've done this before, you know, it was actually about a year ago that I wanted to really step away from social media. And a couple of things went wrong. So that's when I that's when I put into place the weekends off social media and the evenings off, which helped a ton. Like that's been great. What went wrong is it was really, really hard for me to have periods during the day where I wasn't checking social media. And like I was good at this for a few months. That's when I wrote my book, Confessions of an Uncaged Soul, by the way. At a time when I was very had very little distractions. I was very focused because I was really, really dedicated to not looking at my phone. And so I was able to channel that book very easily and pretty quickly. But at some point after the book came out and I think it was like around the summertime, I just got really, really into social media again and really addicted to the validation and really wanting to impress people and all of that just got really, really caught up. So Here's what I'm going to do different this time. And I also tried at that point to break away from using social media for my marketing, which I'm going to make another go at. I'm going to attempt this again. I'm going to try some different things. Um, But one thing that I didn't do, and I've thought about doing this, you guys, I have thought about doing this, the phone lockbox. Can you guys picture, have you ever seen, I mean, I've never seen one in real life. I don't know where I've seen one, maybe a movie. But like, a, I picture like a glass box, like lock your phone in for like a pin, like set a timer on it. But I haven't done that. Why? Because that's, that's, I don't like, of course, a part of me doesn't want that, right? The part of me that's getting validation from social media. So I, um, 
actually was listening to a podcast interview with Johan Hari. He does a lot of speaking on focus on social media. He does a lot of interesting research on like addiction. So cool. Go listen to him um, on like a podcast or he has a couple books out too, but Johan Hari. Um, anyways, he talked about, he uses a phone lockbox, And so I ordered one. I'll link it. I'll link it to, in the show notes. It's from Amazon. I'm really excited about it. I haven't tested it out yet. It hasn't come yet, but I'll share more details when I put that into place. But that's going to be what I use like during the day. Like I would like to, I would like to be on Instagram a little bit for now to share more of my creative side. I'm going to share poetry. I'm going to share, yeah, like the creative things I'm working on. Um, And I'm sometimes going to tell you guys what I'm selling at the time, right? Like Hill Breathwork Academy is starting up again in February. So that enrollment period is opening up and I'm really excited about that. Like I'm so passionate about um, teaching people how to become breathwork facilitators and, and teaching the science behind breathwork. It's amazing. Um, so I'm going to be on there talking about that. Like I'm going to do some of that still, but I'm going to do it a lot less and kind of break away from that. And um, the lockbox is going to be my ticket <laughs> to doing that. Facebook is a big place where I do some marketing and I feel zero addiction to Facebook whatsoever. Yeah, I check it a lot. I do check it a lot. I will say that, but I have no temptation to like look at anything. I don't think I do any comparison. None of that on there. Um, I feel like Facebook's less of a highlight reel and more like people bitching, <laughs> which is a whole nother thing. Um, anyways, so my email list is going to be where I'm sharing like my longer heartfelt blog style messages, kind of like I sometimes do on Instagram in like a long form, um, caption, but this is going to be a little bit longer, a little more depth. And yeah, they're going to be going out to my email list. So I will link to that in the show notes as well. The email list and podcasts are going to be where you're going to find most of my content and possibly YouTube. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be doing some spoken word um, poetry. So yeah, changing things up, really taking accountability for the role that I've played on social media and for myself as a consumer to break away from that addiction. So that's about it. I hope this inspired you to really consider taking some breaks from social media. Even if you take one day off a week, take Saturdays off, you might notice a huge difference. You know, have some stillness in your life, have some moments of waiting where you don't look at your phone, allow yourself to connect to the present moment. That's like, I think the deepest thing that's missing because I'm a big believer that like depression and anxiety can be greatly alleviated if we become present, if we learn to observe our thoughts instead of becoming swept up in them all the time. And that's through meditation, that's through breath work, that's through focus on the present moment. So I think that's like the deepest layer of all of this. And we're totally getting rid of that. Also community. Community is essential for us as humans, for our happiness, for our well-being, for our mental health. And we lose a lot of that when we're so afraid to talk to people in real life. We're afraid to go places. We isolate ourselves largely due to social media. So there's my two cents. Thanks for listening. I love you guys. Share this episode with a friend. Send it to someone who you think could um, benefit from this or might find it interesting. Be ironic and share it on social media and tag me in it. (laughs) Okay. I love you guys. I'll see you next week.